Did you know that back in 2004, while playing Halo 2, a gamer named 67 Raptor Ball complained about a Class 2 projectile cannon that he described as a noob tube? The rest is history. You're listening to the Xbox Hub podcast, the official podcast of the xboxhub.com. For the latest Xbox news, reviews, videos, and opinions, make sure you visit the xboxhub.com. But for now, settle down, get comfy, and open your ears for some podcast delights. Hello, and welcome to the Xbox Hub official podcast, episode 104. My name's Gareth Brody, I'm your host, and on my virtual left is Mr. James Burks. How are you doing, James? Hey, hey, how's it going? <laughs> you all right? Good. I like hey, 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 hey. Good upbeat. It's a good start. Yeah. Let's keep it going. Is that a new catchphrase? Mm-hmm. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. No, I like it. Let's see. Let's see if we can do it. Um, <laughs> and on my virtual right is Mr. Darren Edwards. How are you doing, Darren? Good evening. I'm very well, thank you. How are you both? I'm very good. Have you got a catchphrase? Yeah. Uh, no catchphrase from me. Oh. James has really uh, shown me up this evening already, I think. Oh, damn. Sorry, <laughs> Um, James, what have you been up to this week before we go? We delve in. Anything fun? I don't know. Fun. I've had a terrible week of um, technology failing me. Oh, no. But my laptop nearly died for good. Um, completely overheated and just wouldn't do nothing. Oh. And on my phone, restarting because the battery's dead and needs a new one. And then the Xbox keeps restarting. So it's been pretty awful on tech front. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's looking I'm here to be fair. Now the Xbox thing is an interesting one, isn't it? Because it's happening for you on one game, on FIFA, isn't it? And there is a problem with FIFA, switching off the Xboxes, isn't it? Yeah, it's quite a... Well, I think quite a lot of people are experiencing it. Mm. I mean, we know somewhere else in our technical group that it's got the same problem. Um, and they don't seem to do anything about it, which is quite worrying. Um, so it, just, it just switches off completely. No warning, nothing. Yeah. And, Blimey. Yeah. And it's it's not... One time it was really hot, so that, it probably overheated. Um, but the rest of the time, it, it made no sense. Um, and EA knew about it. Xbox knew about it. And they're doing nothing. I think it affects Madden as well. That's right. Yeah. Some people. Yeah. 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 But yeah. It's. It's. I think I'm going to have to look for a new laptop, a new Xbox, and a new phone. Wow. It's an expensive time. Really right. expensive. Christmas. Christmas, Christmas list. Yeah. 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 It's gone. It's cancelled. Christmas is cancelled for James. <laughs> um, Darren, what about you? What have you been up to? Nothing much more exciting than that, really. Just working, unfortunately. So, okay. squeezing in a bit of gaming where I can, but yeah, mostly work. Well, we're going to launch into what? Are, what have I been doing this week? Well, I there's a there's a game coming out uh, next week on the twenty second, Farming Simulator twenty two, and we were lucky. I was lucky enough to get an interview um, with Kermit Ball from the Farming Simulator twenty two team, and uh, we're going to play that interview now. So here I am, I'm talking to Kermit Ball, who is a community coordinator for Farming Simulator 22. Hello Kermit, nice to meet you. 
Hello, Gareth. How are you Thanks doing? Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing well. Thanks. It's, uh, you know, with you're familiar with game launches, so it's a crazy time It's a crazy right time now, for you. It's yeah. also an exciting time as well. Absolutely. So, you, get to, you, know. you get to put your baby into the wild. Is that the right expression? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and this is, this is actually going to be my first ever launch uh, ah. from this side of the video game industry. I was hired by Giants practically like July 1st. I started slightly before that, but... Um, so yeah, part of our movement to grow across the world and open in a new office in the U S so, you know, covering more time zones now as a company and we're right. self publishing for the first time. So the 22 will be available in more countries than ever before. Wow. So that's a pretty cool moment for us too. Exciting. And I'm times. excited to be here. Yeah. Great. Um, I'm going to just straight away, I'm going to, I've got some questions, um, okay. and you're probably going to cover quite a few of them. Um, let's talk about Farm Simulator 2. Where are we going this time? What, what are the new, what are the areas that we're seeing? Uh, well, the main new features that we have, I would say, is uh, we're bringing some, some things that have existed in our game through various mods over the past several versions, like Seasonal Cycles is basically our take on that. Um, you know, just being able to uh, go through an entire actual um, like year of seasons, right? You're going to have winter, you'll have snow in the base game. Now you'll see the leaves change in the, in the fall and spring will of course bring, you know, warmer temperatures back and you can start planting certain things again. So with this feature, you're going to have to pay more attention to the crop calendar. Like, Almost everything we do, it is optional, so you can still go into the settings and toggle this feature off if you just want to plant whatever you want, where, whenever you want, kind of like you're used to in previous versions of Farming Simulator. But that's definitely a big one. Um, and with having snow in winter, you'll have to take care of the snow and clear it out of the way. It'll impact how your vehicles drive. So that's one of the big ones. Uh, other than that, production chains, which kind of goes hand in hand with seasonal cycles because it adds the ability for you to have more stuff to do around the map. So in the winter time when you can't really plant a lot of crops, there's nothing really to harvest. Uh, it gives you, you know, the opportunity to focus on taking your crops further. For example, you can take your wheat and you can take it to the grain mill and turn it into flour. Then you can take that flour further to the bakery and turn it into bread. Or if you have the right ingredients, you can also make some cake as well, but you need strawberries from the greenhouses in, which is another base game feature that's new to 22. On top of that, cross-platform multiplayer is a huge, huge thing for us. We're really proud that we've pulled this off, and now everyone on any platform the game comes out, so long as they have the same DLC and mods can play together. So no longer are you separated PC only, Xbox only, PlayStation, and etc. So that's really uh, going to you know be a big game changer because now you can play with your friends no matter where they're playing oh fantastic and uh, we mentioned where are you actually going because i think that within the last one it's been a while now if i remember that was in a sort of like a colorado town a kind of big big area in colorado if i made that up the u.s yeah the u.s map for um 19 was supposed to be coastal california actually ah. um, this time around the u.s map is elm creek it's inspired by the u.s midwest uh it doesn't you know really our maps are never really one specific location. It usually takes inspiration from a, a broad area, broad region. So the U.S. map is Elm Creek, inspired by small town U.S. Midwest, what a lot of uh, American farmers are used to when they when you think about at least the majority of the farmland in the states is, you know, mainly in the Midwest. Um, so, you know, it, it's been well received. And then we have 
grapes and all and uh, olives are new crops in 22. So naturally, the European map this time that's brand new in 22 is inspired by the French Mediterranean, um, kind of like on the border with Italy. So it's got, you know, some it's got some Italian charm to it, I would say as well. Um, but that map is called Belleron, and that's our second map. And we're also bringing an improved version of the Alpine Farming DLC map, Erlengrat, that was uh, a DLC for FS19. It's also coming to the base game of 22, and it has things like production chains now built into it uh, and, and a nice little improvement off of that DLC map. So you actually have three choices from the start now of where you want to play. Wow. Wow. And you've got new character customization. It's a bit more in depth now. Is that right? Yeah, I think that, you know, that was kind of a feature that when we knew that, uh, you know, cross-platform multiplayer was looking like it would be uh, possible for us to achieve, it then made sense. Well, more people are than ever are going to be able to play together. So we also need to make a way for them to stand out from each other and be a little bit more unique. So the character customization screen, uh, when you start up a game, you'll be, you know, given that screen, you'll be able to create your character, but you can also change it from the menu at any time. So, you know, we have a lot of people that role play our game. So there's some, there's like a beekeeper outfit in there. Bees are brand new to FS22. Um, there's like a, a dirt bike kind of like racing get up if you want to get into that sort of thing. Um, there's also like an outfit for if you're doing a lot of forestry, you know, some protective gear and the like. And of course, you've got uh, like a cowboy hat and an entire leather looking outfit. And we also have branded outfits now, too, which is cool. So your favorite brands like Case and John Deere and Fent. You can get branded shirts and hoodies and hats and even full-on wow. like work gear from those brands as well. Wow, amazing! Um, new crops. I've got to ask about crops. You've got you talked about the kind of the France map. Is that right. kind of vineyard feel to it, or? Yeah, so it's um, another new feature that is really cool that I didn't even mention uh, is the new build mode. It's new and improved. So the vineyards and the olive trees are placeable from the build menu so you will set up your own vineyards basically your own rows of olive trees and those crops of course come with their own specialized equipment we also have a third new crop which is sorghum also known as milo for a lot of people in the u.s it's uh, especially a really big crop in texas so that's new to the game as well, and you can use it. It kind of works like wheat and barley that you're used to. You know, you can process it into flour as well. Um, but those are our three new crops, yeah. And that build mode, since I talked about it a bit, there's also branded buildings in there as well from Herman, uh, branded animal pens with special features and the like. So there is a lot there, and you can also place the production chain stuff that I was mentioning before. Not every map will have every single factory you know, pre-placed when you load the map up. The Elm Creek map in the U.S., for example, doesn't have a sugar mill because it just doesn't really, you know, fit on what the map is designed off of. But you can choose to place that down if you would like. And you need sugar to make cakes and other things, too, in the production chains. Brilliant. And the, have you had a graphical update? Is it a new engine? Is it the same engine? How's, how's it working? Well, it's, uh, it, I mean, it's built off of the same engine we've had, but it is a brand new version of that engine. So we're on to the Giants Engine 9. Um, so it is, you know, slightly better optimized for sure. Um, and the graphics 
we always have to take into account graphics for our game. We want as wide amount of people to be able to play it as possible. Um, it, you know, it's a pretty big world when you're in a map. So, uh, you know, we have to kind of temper expectations, I guess, on graphics. But you will see a lot of, you know, a lot better, finer details and things like that. The lighting is looking better. The crops, you know, look better. The, the textures are different. The ground textures as well have been kind of reworked. There's a blog out there for that. Um, there's different ways to work the ground as well now. So there's definitely been some work put into it. Um, but of course, it's not going to look like, you know, Battlefield 2042 <laughs> or anything like that. Um, that's, you know, a brand new AAA title just due to the nature of our game. And yeah. um, the way our engine works, it requires, you know, we have our own engine for a reason. And the main reason is that our game's just different with how you have to, you know, harvest crops and be able to move things around like that. So uh, I, there's definitely some graphical improvements. And if you're on PC, um, NVIDIA, if you have an NVIDIA card as well, they've got uh, deep learning super sampling DLSS is available. So you're going to see some increased frame rate from that. Um, so, yeah, there's some things in the works. And, uh, yeah, I think it's going to you know, be really well received from everyone. Great. Um, if you're a newcomer to the series, you've never played a farming game before. Um, is the campaign the best way to start? Does it ease you in? Does it? Yeah, there's so there's an option uh, when you start out a save of our game, you get three options um, and it's basically three different difficulty settings, you know, easy, intermediate and hard, basically. Um, so if you are brand new to the game, you, I would recommend that you select a new farmer. When you select a new farmer, you get an option if you want to go through a brief tutorial at the beginning or not. And that'll run down, you know, some of the the basic core concepts to get you started in the game. We're also working internally on ways to improve the experience for new players because we are aware that it it's easy maybe to learn some of the base mechanics, but as you go further into the game and you try to do more and more, it can be kind of overwhelming and, and we're very aware of this. So we're working on ways to improve that and we should have news right around launch about uh, this program that's going to help people out. So can't really say more on it right now, but we're, we're very aware that sometimes there's some accessibility early on for people that, you know, may, may turn them off. So we've talked about this. We're looking into ways to improve it and we'll have something soon for people as well. Um, the help menu in game too is a great resource for new players that already exist. So if you just pause the game, you go into the uh, menu screen, you go to the help menu, it's got a long list of all the processes and you can read about how they work and that should give you a decent idea of how to execute them when you're actually playing as well. Fantastic. Um, so you said about cross multiplayer. How many people can you play? Say you're on the, we, we record the Xbox Series X. How right. many people can you have at a time? Well, so the, the best thing about it is now players on console can rent a dedicated server or connect to someone else's dedicated server. So if you're going the dedicated server route, all dedicated servers are hosted on a PC, regardless of if you're connecting to it from a console or not. So with a dedicated server, you can have up to 16 players at a time, whether you're on console or not connecting to it. And if you're locally hosting a game from console, then you're going to have a limit of six players. But you can connect to the dedicated servers now. Um, I would highly recommend anyone that wants to have you know the best multiplayer experience to consider doing that. Um, there's multiple server hosts out there already who have pre-orders available, including our partner Nitrato. So 
the option is there now for console players to be able to connect to dedicated servers. Um, we also have improved slot counts for console players, which has been, you know, a thing that's kind of limited consoles in the past. Once you start getting so much equipment on your map, you only have a certain amount of slots on console that you can reach. Um, and that's in so that you don't break your game because you could get to a point where it would become very unstable. Those have been improved by up to 300%, especially on the new generation of consoles. Um, there's a blog out there with more information about that, but I know our console players were you know, really happy when we announced that improved slot uh, efficiency as well. I've got just two more questions for you. The first one is DLC. Have you got a plan for DLC in the future for this game? Of course you have. But you, you, yes. can't, you can't say anything now, can you? <laughs> uh, we don't know, like on the community side, we don't know exactly what's going to be in it yet, but uh, we are doing a year one season pass and that will come with three DLC packs and one larger expansion. And it'll kind of work like the seasonal cycles feature in the game. So the first one will be coming out very soon, winter of this year or early 2022. And then another one in spring, another in summer. And then that big expansion with a bunch of equipment and, a, and another new map will release about a year from now. It'll release in the fall of 2022. Um, and that one is going to be obviously the biggest one. You can still choose to to buy these DLCs individually, but if you want to go through the year one season pass, you can save yourself about $20 uh, or so uh, US. So it'll vary obviously based on region. But yeah, um, we have the year one season pass. There are plans beyond that to do a year two season pass. FS19 was the first game where instead of doing a two-year cycle, we did a three-year cycle. The main reason behind that was we were scaling as a company and we had the, these new consoles that came out, like the Xbox Series consoles. So we wanted to spend a little bit of extra time getting things complete and doing you know, the most we could. And an extra year allowed us to do things like the cross-platform multiplayer and the like. Um, and, and we were able to have more time with those new consoles and able to see you know, just how powerful they really are. So that's it's been really uh, tremendously helpful, but we don't know uh, going forward whether it'll still be a, a two or three year cycle. But uh, three years has worked out really well for nineteen. So who knows? Great. And my final question: If you had a, if you had say this ten years in the future, maybe fifteen years in the future, and you could create your perfect everything you want to do in a farming sim game, so you had no limits to power. <laughs> to servers <laughs> anything else what would you like to see is that let's put you on the spot here a bit but yeah this well this is a great question for me because i was a fan of the game before giants hired me full-time i had done some commentary for the farming simulator league our official esport um and i was an ambassador which is just a volunteer position for farming simulator um so i, I was a fan of the game first and as a community team member I get to I get the luxury of being a dreamer. So this is a perfect question to ask <laughs> one of us. You know, if you were to ask a uh, coder, an artist, um, they know the limitations and they might uh, not dream as big. But if I could, you know, 10, 10 years down the road, pick like a perfect thing, it would be like a more massive world, if that makes sense, especially mm -hmm. if you're playing multiplayer. So right now on our Elmcrete map, map, for example, players will discover that they will see some road signage to previous maps. Like it'll say this direction to this map from a previous farm sim game. So I would love to see, you know, d maps connected together into like one world where um, we have a train system in the game, for example. So maybe that train system goes from one town to the other. 
Um, or you can drive your trucks on the road from one town to another because maybe you're growing, you know, this crop in this town, but the other town doesn't have access to this crop. So you need to move them back and forth to maximize your profit and the like and kind of work together. So a big world like that would be something that I think that everyone would be really happy to see. Um, you know, it, it, it would bring a lot more to the multiplayer as well. But of course, like I said, I'm a dreamer. So whether that's possible or not, it's a very I good dream. Very um, good but, dream, Kevin. I think yeah, it's, it's going to happen. We're going to make it happen in 15, well, 20 years. The great thing, too, is that with 22 and we're self publishing for the first time, you know, we're kind of seeing this. 22 is a big leap forward for the series, in our opinion. And I think the players will feel the same way. But at the same time, this being the first game we've self published, we're scaling as a company. We have uh, we've opened an office in the Czech Republic, and uh, we have a lot of 3D artists, and they're working on projects over there that you know previously maybe wouldn't have been possible just to do due to the manpower limitations. So we see this as like a stepping stone. It's 22 is really like the beginning of the future for the series because it's a nice leap forward, but it's we're not we're not satisfied. We're not going to be happy. Um, just because 22 is a good game, hmm. we're going to take it further throughout the years. And our community and our player base has been so receptive of this series and they have supported us. They play our game for thousands of hours and we have a modding community that's really strong. Uh, we have something like over 5,000 mods on PC and over 4,000 on console for FS19. So I think those numbers will continue to increase throughout the series is uh, the series iterations as well. So yeah, we see this as just really the beginning of lots of great things we can do. So who knows what might be possible down the road as we continue to grow as a company. Great, Kermit Board, thank you so much. Um, and when's the release? It's the UK, I think it's, is it 22nd? Yeah, so um, it depends on the platform. I think that Xbox is doing like a midnight Central European time release too. Um, our our platform, the Giants eShop, is definitely midnight Central European time on the 22nd. So depending on where you are in the world, it could you know become available, unlock for you a bit earlier. Mm. Uh, but yeah, the main release worldwide is November 22nd. So we're just a few days away now, and we're really excited for it. And I hope that everyone will uh, have as much fun with this one as they have with previous versions of our game and take it even further. Good luck. Good luck with your first launch. And, Thank uh, you very much, Gareth. Brilliant. It's a pleasure. See you soon. Bye-bye. There you go. So there's Kermit. Um, right, you two. What do you think? I mean, have you played the game? This First of all, Darren, have you played a farming simulator game before? I've not, no, being totally honest. I think the closest I've ever got to a farming sim game is Animal Crossing. Didn't even go into Harvest Moon and stuff in the past, so... And I know this is very kind of ultra realistic. Um, I do worry if I enjoy it that it's going to kind of take over my life, though. So I'm a bit bit nervous around checking it out, I think. And James, you did the first couple, didn't you, I think? Really early ones for the site. Yeah, is I think right? I was... Is it Farming Simulator 14, I think? Okay, The first yeah. one I did. And I was, I was pretty brutal, to be fair. You were brutal. It was yeah. a bit buggy <laughs> and messy. Yeah. And I will say that I think I did 19 the gold edition as well. I think I did um, I did 19 the normal one, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah, and I did the extra bits to it. Um, and I was impressed in how far it's, it's come in terms of polish. Hmm. It's definitely a, a more well-rounded game. And it plays like that. Um, 
be interested to Kermit, I must say, is the terrific job of selling the game. <laughs> it sounds like there's a lot of great improvements. Especially with the, was it seasonal changes? Yeah. So you're going to have like winter and you have to plow the snow. I thought it was quite cool. Well, I think probably, I think what happens in winter, from the thing you stay in winter, you can't really do much. So you that's when the production line stuff happens. So you have to sort of set up your production lines of making bread or cakes or stuff like that. So yeah, it's a side yeah. business. Yeah. Which is, you know, yeah, yeah, they were adding quite a lot of different um, roots rather than just planting some seeds and that's it done. Yeah. It seems like they've really expanded the the, the world of their uh, farming. I mean, what's kind of amazing is that multiplayer world and that kind of cross-support. So the idea that you can play was, how many was it, 16? Or up to 16 people in one kind of private server. You know, all yeah, working. He, dedicated yeah, that's what he sort of said, and he dedicated that server, and it's like all working together, and that's sixteen. That's you know, from when you did it in fourteen, that wasn't around at all, was it? I don't think, James, was it? It happened. In I, I wish it was. Yeah, it was a lonely life. Up and down those fields. Up and down those fields. I know. Listening to the sound of silence. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's that's where it's become really kind of interesting, and that whole the, the community is going kind of mad. It's just yeah, I could be really said it's esports. Yeah, I saw that. Esports Yeah, I, I was like mind blown. Yeah, you, we to do an interview, we went onto a server on Discord before mm. we started, and there was I think it was like seventeen thousand people there chatting. Wow! Yeah, it's it mad. You know, it, it's, it's, it's such a big game. It. Yeah, and I think they really do disservice the fans that do love it. Mm. I mean, especially with the mods. I think it's quite a lot of mods in the game now. Yeah, they're going to support that. Even. Yeah, they're yeah. Su- yeah, even on console. Yeah. And that's, that's what they need, that the community build on top of what they've already done, which is great. It's great to see. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think the kind of, it's, you know, it's it's there's quite a few farming sim games out there. There's Real Farm that was there. There's, I've done a few other ones as well, as well as the kind of fantasy ones. And I, you know, it's obviously there's a market there for that. It's very interesting with the kind of survival games that we see, which is like, you know, build shelters, you know, all that stuff. That's, they've become so popular, haven't they? It's about this kind of like doing everyday jobs, I suppose. It is. It's really strange. Kind of a... Uh, an interest in doing things in a virtual world that in the real world aren't nearly as relaxing or interesting or entertaining it's quite a fascinating genre of game i think there's a really good article right if you look for it online anyone's interested in it from the i think the guardian did it and it's about real farmers who work all day and then go and play farming simulator at night oh wow i know that's hardcore isn't it talk about having your cake yeah yeah there you go. Thank you very much, Kevin Ball. That was very nice to drop in. And we look forward to reviewing the game soon when it comes out on the 22nd. Um, right, back to other matters now. What have we been playing? What have we been playing this week? Uh, Darren, what have you been looking at? So um, one of my games that I'm reviewing, um, it should hopefully be live now, is uh, Cyanide and Happiness Freak Apocalypse Episode mm-hmm. 1. Um, so quite a mouthful. 
It's based on a webcomic from back in the mid-noughties. So I don't know if you ever played like kind of flash browser games with stick figures and characters. It's that type of era. Uh, and essentially, you play as a young lad called Coop who's at school, uh, gets picked on by the school bullies, even the teachers don't really like him. He's a bit of an outcast. Uh, and you have to basically go around running errands for people. So it's a point and click game, but it's got quite an adult tone. So definitely not suitable for kids language kind of adult themes going on some of the humor is quite close to the bone so it depends whether you'll find it funny or just a bit off-putting depending on your sense of humor um if you're a fan of the world because there's been board games and all sorts that have spawned from this webcomic back in the noughties then you'll really like it it's really faithful to what that is but it's quite a steady game this you, you run errands for for the people in the town but actually not a lot else kind of happens but it is only episode one so i'm hoping that they're going to expand on it because they're planning to do a trilogy so three of them um so yeah i found it i've got quite a dark sense of humor so i found it quite funny but right. it might turn a few people off there's some close to bone stuff in there for sure what's it what's what's it close to game if you had to say it's very much like this it's it's a bit like south park the stick of truth oh, that okay. type of yeah that type of, of scenario but based in the world of the of the webcomic so you, you can see some similarities where it's kind of been inspired i think from that game which came out a few years ago now and um, so it's that type of that type of adventure right okay 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 we might might give that a go um james what about you what fantastic game have you been playing Oh well, you can you're gonna enjoy this. Um, <laughs> it's called eight hundred ninety B. Okay. It's a weird title. I still have no idea what it stands for after playing the entire game. Um, <laughs> but the backstory is that you're a scientist who's got the task of finding a new planet to inhabit because the Earth it just isn't habitable anymore. You've got to leave the earth. Um as you cut down to be the adventure. And I know all that because of the game description. Because in the game you basically learn nothing. Um there's two characters and all of the interactions are like it's like two robots talking. And the real humans so we it comes across really dry and minimalistic in its conversation. Um, but the actual gameplay, you can walk around from point to point. You'll go upstairs, interact with something, go downstairs, interact with something else, and you keep going back and forth. And that is most of the game. Sounds like my it's perfect game. Nice. I was going to say, to risk quoting Paul, is it a walking simulator by any chance? I mean, it feels like it, um, and it's, what do I say, there's, a, there's two puzzles in the, in the, it's like an hour in total, um, and one's like snake, you've got to guide this snake thing through a route to get to the other side without hitting any walls, right. um, and it's so clunky, it's horrendous. Um, and then the other one is like moving boxes into certain positions, like soccer man. I don't play a game that I used to 
right? Uh, yeah. Um, and I'm just playing it thinking, it's only an hour. I can't wait for it to end. Um, it, it offered me nothing. Um, so, surprisingly, I won't recommend it. <laughs> you two have really uh, cheered me up with your game choices. And, uh, have you got any more questions about it? I'm yeah. to answer. I don't think I've ever heard you so unimpressed by a game in a long time. James, oh, I, I, I have. Have you? All oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> And this is me being <laughs> diplomatic. <laughs> I'm exactly fine. <laughs> um, yeah, not not one that I would pick up anytime soon. Is that a cheap? It's, is it very cheap? It's under a fiver. Oh, okay. All right, there you but go. Just go and get a cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> a nice Christmas one. Stare this... out the window. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's James' recommendation: cup of coffee and staring out the window. <laughs> Next game. Um, I've been playing something a bit better than that. Um, Sherlock Holmes Chapter 1 came out this week, and I've had it for about three weeks. Um, and I reviewed it, and Sherlock Holmes is a, as we know, a fictional detective, and this game is by Frogware, who have done quite a few of the Sherlock Holmes games before, and they've done um, recently Sinking City, which... Um, had problems when it got released on Xbox One, but the Series X and the PS5 versions were much it was much better. It solved a lot of its problems. And um, this kind of borrows a little bit from both those Sherlock games and Sinking City, some of the elements that are introduced in that. And you play a sort of young Sherlock Holmes, so like almost like a really early 20s. And he's traveling to a fictional Mediterranean island called Godona. Um, to visit his mother's grave, and she's died there in their old house. And Godonna's is a sort of like, yeah, Mediterranean, it's sort of ruled by the British Empire, like it's 19th century. Um, and you arrive there with this um, character called John, not not Watson, another is, is John character in the hotel, and immediately you're thrown into a, a case in the hotel, a seance that's gone wrong. And you the way it works is like the Sherlock games beforehand is to solve the case you can go you can go into a concentration mode and you can kind of see and examine objects all around you so you examine objects you can you see sort of almost like the ghosts of what could have possibly happened which you have to put in the right kind of order then you'll get clues that you sort of pin to your um in your guide and that would that be the so if you pin i don't know someone stole the diamond when you go up to talk to someone, that's that's what you'll lead with, and that person might respond to it. If that makes sense. And then you have a thing called a mind palace, which is in the other Sherlock games, which is all the clues start to appear in that, and you can link clues together to get other possibilities. Now, eventually, you get enough of them will end up as this is what you think's happened, and it's whether you um, get them arrested or let them go, for example. But you can get things wrong, you know, still. That's the great thing about it. It kind of works in this way, like you 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 can be completely convinced that this is the right way, but it, it might not be, and that person will still go to jail. It's kind of it does it's not linear in that sense. And um after that first case, then it becomes an open world game. You're going around this whole kind of you're doing a main story mission, but you can pick up side quests 
from the um, police station. So you go off and do all these, so try to solve all these little cases. Um, there's combat in there now. It's all right. You can you can not use the combat, which I did in the end. Just sort of avoided it. Um, and uh, yeah, there's no need for that. You kind of the most interesting thing about it is the is the writing, story, and and the and the way the clues are put together, which I think are always good for those Sherlock Holmes and the world. There's problems with it, but it's really it does a really good, really good job, I think. And it's long. It's a huge game. It's like forty hours of gameplay plus. Wow. Yeah. It's long. If you do it. Is it challenging? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah good. definitely. you yeah, you I think you'll really enjoy that. You are really going looking and going. I think after the sort of first one, you're sort of like going, okay, I can. That makes that's kind of good. I've got that. But the moment you go into kind of case two, you're sort of like going, um, <laughs> <laughs> what could happen? So you're just trying possibilities and stuff. Yeah, no, it is. It's really, it's really interesting. Oh, Sounds interesting, huh? And chapter one. So there must be. A few more down the line they're thinking of. I thought it was going to be like a, you know, like a, a six-hour game, and there'd be another chapter two yeah. in like four months. But I don't, yeah, it's yeah, uh-huh. it seems a bigger, much bigger game. Yeah, good. Can I, can I ask a question? You certainly can. So what happens if you get the wrong person put in jail? Is there any repercussions or? Mm, yeah, so I mean, you you. There's a repercussion that you know, you know. I mean, there's one point quite early on you can choose to let that person go or free them. And it, it and what it does is quite interesting with the story. It's like this person has killed someone, but actually they've done it for a reason. And that reason is a good reason. But it's whether okay. you think it's a good reason enough to let them go, you know, or you Just go, justice has to be done. Morals, yeah, it's your own moral judgment, and it's that's what's quite nice about the whole thing. It's about your journey through. So, you would you could get to a point that you arrest someone, and then they're going, I'm innocent, I'm innocent, but then they could be saying that if they were guilty anyway, you know. So, you don't, I think, you don't necessarily know. I think you do know, actually, you do know, but you work it out later on. It's one thing I do, and I thought I've got that wrong, but I was like, fair enough, (laughs) see you later, bye bye, (laughs) yeah. Um, but I was rushing. I was very rushing forward in the end of the game when I was together at Reed. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a really nice game, so I would, I would recommend it. Really recommend it. Yeah, I'm interested in that. Yeah. Me too. Um, it's not linear. Linear games are the worst when they're them types of games. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess the Christie was linear. Yeah. And you just, you can't do anything wrong. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, and definitely. You, you just don't get yeah. in there. Yeah. Um, so I like the ambition of it as well. This one's quite nice, and that's some of it mm. doesn't quite work. The UI gets a bit fiddly, but yeah, it's 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 good, good. Right, yeah. I think we do. That's enough for the games, wise, isn't it? I think let's go into some news oh, no. and stuff. Oh no, what do you want? <laughs> oh no, you haven't got anything. I've got quite a of Oh my <laughs> God, Jesus, no. Moving <laughs> on. <laughs> um, Xbox had their twentieth celebration um, on Monday, wasn't it? I think they had a little. It was pressing and their big reveal at the end which i think richard or darren one of you two might have said that day they're going to release halo uh, multiplayer and they did to the general it is indeed wild. um and yeah it was what do you what do we think about the 20th celebration 40 minutes whatever it was darren do you like it yeah i thought it was good i watched it um 
I was a bit worried it was going to be a long drawn out like that horrendous ID Xbox thing a few months ago, but it was quite concise. Few clips from old E3 shows like when The Rock turned up with Bill Gates, and there was um there there's a Xbox documentary starting, and it's be available on like YouTube and other platforms uh, mid December I think, which kind of looks over the last twenty years. They announced some backwards compatibility as original Xbox games as well. Um, and then obviously finished with the reveal, which like everything these days was leaked about 24 hours beforehand, that Infinite Multiplayer was being pulled forward to release on the 20th anniversary. So I thought it went down really well, to be fair. Yeah. James? Yeah, I like the fact that the um, it started off with The Rock and then they brought him back for this yes. uh, event. And he looked 10 times bigger. <laughs> he did. He did. Really he did. Some work. <laughs> um, but yeah, and, and so many games are backwards compatible. But one that really stood out was 50 Cent Blood on the Sand. And I think that is the most underrated oh, co op yeah. game <laughs> yeah. there ever was. Yeah. Like, I love that game. Yeah. It's so good. But for a game that you'd expect nothing from, it gave everything. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was really a nice little blast from the past, the whole show. Good. Um, Halo multiplayer. Have you had a go at you two? Yes, mm-hmm. I I think it's I think it's really good. I was worried, as I have been, with the rocky kind of development cycle of this game. Um, but I think it's I think it plays well. It's quite tight. It's it looks good, a lot better than it would have looked if it was released last year. Um, and it's it's really really good fun. So there's there's a few modes you can play already. Um, so you can go into quick matches, ranked matches, or these big team battles. So it's kind of twelve v twelve in large environments with like vehicles and stuff. So I put a few hours in the other night, and I, I can't explain it. It just worked. And I had, unlike Halo Five, which really kind of jarred with me and felt mm. like a an FPS clone. It didn't feel like it had any sort of Halo DNA in it, really. I feel like they've made good on their promise so far to try and go back to what made the original so enjoyable to play. It is, I'm confused at the moment. Is it a beta still, or is it...? Technically, it is, yeah, right. I think. Um, so they've... But it's just totally open, so it's not like invite or closed or anything. Um, so you just download it from the store and play it. But as far as I'm aware, it's a beta. Because they're, they're, they're getting feedback, so there's a the battle pass. Um, the way you progress through that, they've they've made some tweaks to it due to feedback. So I think they're still actively asking for players to feedback to them. Okay, fine. James, you ready to go? Yeah, um, I jumped straight into a player versus AI game hmm. just to get warmed up. Um, I was disappointed by my teammates having <laughs> basic. Spartan IDs and and not customising the characters. Um, so I showed them up. I showed them how it's done. And got, got a few kills. And then I moved into the main game. And I've got to say, like Gary said, it is, it is very smooth and everything about it just works. Mm. And you, it doesn't really do anything majorly different than any Halo game I've played before. That's not a bad thing, because you just want a good hero game with some 
awesome weapons and some vehicles. And that's what we've got. That's a couple of maps. Um, so yeah, I think I think the battle pass will probably keep me going a bit longer. Okay. It's quite enjoyable unlocking different levels and getting new rewards every so often. Like PUBG and Rocket League. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The same kind. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think there's nothing wrong with it. It's it's good. So good. I um, could have to review Call of Duty and play a lot of multiplayer for that review, which I'm not used to. And then I went back mm-hmm. into this and I went, oh yeah, jumpy, jumpy. I forgot about this. And then <laughs> I can't do this for a while. Yeah, I'm still in the other headset. Um, but yeah, it looked great. It did look good. And it's, uh, I can't see me playing much of it though. I think I'm not good enough anymore for that stuff. I'm not good enough to hold my own. Um, but lots of people love it. I'm looking forward to the campaign. That's coming soon. Yeah, yeah. not long now. Not long now. Um, Right, let's go into, um, let's just have a quick chat. Before we go into the Game Awards, let's talk about backwards games coming out. GTA, uh, which I had a rant about last time, I think, or maybe a couple of weeks ago. GTA's come out, and it hasn't gone smooth for, for uh, Rockstar. Um, we've got a review coming out thing. I don't think, I don't think we've been that favourable. Um, there's lots of great footage online. Of terrible things going wrong, rain that you can't see as you're going along. <laughs> uh, terrible kind of like a weird one when um, in the first GTA when the bay walls are in the speedboat and his faces appear in the walls. <laughs> That's an amazing, thing, right? Yeah, That's terrifying. Uh, really terrifying. Right? <laughs> um, oh, God, Darren, have you played it? Because you were really looking forward to this. You? No, so I unlike some of the crew here i'm a big gta fan or i should say up until four i never really got into five because i just never had the time even though they seem intent on releasing it every few years again but i my favorite ever was vice city so i've been kind of wanting and praying for a remaster for so many years and then alarm bells started ringing when it kind of appeared out of nowhere uh and we laugh because it is a mess but i'm also quite sad at the same time Mm, yeah because you know three is really good san andreas is fan favorite but mine was my city and just i think on on metacritic now it's got 0.4 on average which is less than online soccer the pro evolution kind of evolution which we all know was an absolute nightmare so mm-hmm. they've got a lot of work to do to try and turn it around and on the store it's 55 quid on the xbox store it's a a premium price for not new games as you said it's a re-release and frankly it's a complete mess yeah i don't know what's happened it's not like rockstar at all i don't know what's happened and that's it i think when you said it's sad i i'm sort of more angry now Mm. because i think that's it rockstar had this brilliant a bit and i'm massive gta fan massive red dead fan love Mm. what rockstar do and what was great about rockstar is like they wouldn't really they wouldn't ever sort of toe the line they would they wouldn't appear at any sort of like major events you know yeah they would just say suddenly their trailer drops or suddenly the it was gta 3 the game just dropped it was there on console it's like what on a friday and everyone's done you know it had this kind of amazing kind of like almost like punk quality to them. You know, it was like a weird kind of like, we do what they want. And I, I just feel now they've damaged those three games. Yeah. You know, they've damaged the legacy of those three games because they've just rushed out something for money. 
And mm. and also, I think was also with GTA Five, how much money that's made them online, and still is. And then it feels like someone else has gone. Well, actually, we can make even more money if we release these three <laughs> things. When there's probably mods for the for those three games that have been better that have been taken off Steam and stuff. Yeah, they look better. There yeah. was there was there was some screenshots going around. You're right, yeah. look better than the the game that was released officially. It's just bonkers. And they've taken out things. They've you know they've added kind of things as well. They've added kind of more GTA Five kind of qualities to it to make it better. But it's it's sort of getting twos, isn't it? And really mm. low scores because well, yeah. I, 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 sorry to interrupt. I don't know. I don't know what happened because in the I think in San Andreas there was some licensed music that shouldn't have been in it that was actually still in it but they switched it off or something and there was the infamous mini game that was still there so they took it off the pc store for a few days i think and now it's back but it just seems there just seems to be no sort of attention to detail whatsoever i don't understand what's happened it's so unlike them i'm as you say like the more I talk about it, the more I self I feel myself sliding from sad to angry. So I'll yeah. just stop. <laughs> it's it's very interesting that Dan Houser left mm. after Red Dead Two. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, it's really interesting that that has that influence, that major influence. Is it would he have wanted this to happen? Would this have happened under his watch? You know, it's a mm. it's a it's really interesting. It's just a sad. It's just really sad. Yes, it you know, is. and also there is a case of you're you know you're playing a game that. It doesn't hold up after all these years because of just the gameplay, you know, and just the look of stuff. Because you know, you, it's not the same thing. We're used to different ways of playing stuff now, but mm. <laughs> they, <laughs> it hasn't really become much better. James, I know you're not a GTA fan, so this doesn't come to any surprise for you. Oh, I can't see. I can't see. I didn't see it coming. Um, <laughs> the fact that they milked GTA Five until the teeth's going dry and falling off. It's it's absolutely no surprise that they're gonna rush out anything they can to get a bit more money. Um but I think they'd have a bit more sympathy if they just gone for the old graphic dolls, like the first one, and then maybe packaged it with mm. the new GTA as a bonus for people that want to get the upgrade. Mm. Something like that, you know, do the fans a little bit of no, fan service. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but you know, you, you meet what you sell. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a shame because we want to see we want to see the next Rockstar game. You know, that's what we want to yeah, see. That's that's a, well, yes, sensible people do. But you do because they are geniuses when they do it, and they got to they yeah. they should be doing you know, and, and maybe they will. Maybe they'll be doing you know. Maybe there's going to be exciting times for them ahead, and this is just a side project to make more money. That's gone wrong. But it still made them a lot of money. Oh. It's made them lots of money. Yeah. People bought it. So yeah. We didn't all damage the reputation. Yeah. Like said. Um the game awards. Mm-hmm. Um the nominees for um game we're, just, we're not gonna go through all the categories, you can see them yourself. We're just gonna look at two, we're gonna look at um game of the year and best indie game. Um so shall I read them out and then you two can have your opinion. So the game of the year nominations are Deathloop on PS5, PS4, It Takes Two, Metroid Dread on Nintendo, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and Resident Evil Village. <laughs> Village. Village. Um, Village. Um, James, what's your what's your take on this? I, mean, I think you missed one. What have I missed? 
Where's Forza Horizon 5? <laughs> yeah, it's not on this one. It's on best audio and best uh, driving or best sports I, game. I, I can't believe it's not there over Metroid Dread or Deathloop. I mean, it takes two. Fantastic crap game. No doubt about it. I'm, I'm not surprised it's there. And Psychonauts, so much fun. But really, Deathloop. Deathloop's really, really good. It's great. Well, compared to the massive open world racing game, it's getting yeah, I, nines and tens. I mean, I'd take, I would take Psychonauts two out of that and put really? Force in the air, definitely. Ooh, yeah. I, I love, I love Psychonauts. It's good. I really enjoy it. It's not a game of the year for me. Um, I think Resident Evil Village maybe deserves to be in there. I think it did a really, it's really interesting. Ratchet and Clank, yeah. Um, I don't know about Metroid Dread. What about you, Darren? So I'm I'm in a similar place to James. I, for me, it's between It Takes Two and Psychonauts Two, just mm-hmm. from my experience and what I've played. But I know that Ryan's played Metroid Dread religiously and loves it and says it's fantastic. And he hasn't played a Metroid game or really a big Nintendo game in years. So I kind of see why that's there. Deathloop, I've not played, but I love the look of it. Um, I the weakest one, I think, actually, is Resident Evil Village in that lineup for me. I think that's the one that's really yeah, fighting for no, its fair place. Enough. Fair enough. Um, I would love like to see Forza in there as well, just because it adds a bit more variety to the lineup as well. Um, and it is a huge game, but and Ratchet and Clank is supposed to be brilliant, but I've not played it, so for me, it would be between Psychonauts two and It Takes Two. Okay. Um... We're going to not do best indie because there's about three indie games in there that are, are PC and I bet me and James haven't played them. Um, or me. Or you. So let's do best narrative. That's my favorite because we've, we've all probably experienced one of these games. Um, so mm-hmm. best narrative is for outstanding storytelling and narrative development of the game is Deathloop. Uh, it takes two. Life is Strange, True Colors, Marvel, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Psychonauts 2. I think that's a pretty good lineup, actually, for me. Mm. Great choices. Yeah, I think they're all five are really solid. It's not very controversial, is it? No, what about you, Dan? We all agree, don't we? What would you give it if you had a choice there? Um, I would probably give Psychonauts to it for me. Ooh. But I've not played Life is Strange Two Colors, but I would give it Psychonauts to. Okay. James? I'm torn. The Guardians. It's great for what it does, but it takes two. For the story it's trying to tell, it really hits home, doesn't it? Mm. I think. Mm. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I've not played Marvel, the Guardians of the Galaxy, but the the four I have played, the other four are so strong and so different. Mm. I wouldn't know where to choose. They're so different, but they're all brilliant narratives. They are all very Mm. different. Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? Um, life is strange. That's what I'm saying. Let's just I'm just picking one because I gave it a five. <laughs> you have to, then, don't you? I know. I've got to do it. That's now. your horse in the race. It is exactly. <laughs> uh, we won't do the rest, but there's some kind of interesting ones on the indie front. But um, on on things like soundtrack and stuff, it's there's a really strong line there. But have a look and tell us what you think. Um, let's do a couple of other bits of news before we wrap up. Um, Saints Road delays. The first of the first of the 2022 big delays. It was coming out in February, and now it's been delayed to August. 
What do we think? Mm. 2023 as well. Oh no, it's no, 2022. 2022, 2022. I thought I'd read that wrong for a second. I was I was quite looking forward to this and it seemed to really split opinion. So I think if it needs more time, then that's that's probably a good thing. Was it is it coming out on Xb
Um, and they catch up on some superhero films. I've got Suicide Squad to watch and Shang-Chi. Ah, hopefully they'll be good. Very good. Um, now, I've just put in the end here. I don't know what I'm looking forward to, but Paul, who's on next week and is chat about it a bit more, he's done a little preview piece for Elder Ring. He had a three-hour code that was going for about $300 on eBay, and he played. So he's just done a little opinion piece, and we'll get to hear a bit more about that game next week. But mm-hmm. I think he really enjoyed it. So it's very hard as well. Um, but, gentlemen, if we need to find you, Darren, where will we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at 27Darren. And James, what about you? Yep, Twitter and Instagram at OKGKL. And you can find me on Twitter and Twitch at TV Guys. for now. Thank you very much. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. 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 You've been listening to the official podcast of the XboxHub.com. You'll be able to find all the notes of the show at www.thexboxhub.com slash podcast. You can also check out our social feeds on Instagram and Twitter at the Xbox Hub and search for the Xbox Hub on Facebook. 